welcome back to another episode of Beating the Bookies podcast. Um, today we're going to be breaking down some of the UFC stuff for this weekend. Um, should be a really fun fight night card. Normally we don't get this uh, level of competition, I'd say, on these cards. And, and helping me break it down. And we're going to have a little friendly uh, scoreboard session working here um, in terms of just overall record and points is, is my good buddy, uh, Will Boyd. There's nothing friendly about what's going on here. Going to kick your ass. Yeah, I hate you. That's that's the real thing here. Uh, so let's go ahead and, and just start. You know, main event for me. This is Holloway is one of my favorite fighters. Um, Holloway versus Yair, Yair Rodriguez. Um, you know, just in the history, it, it kind of like in the in the situation they're in. A guy of a fighter of Holloway's caliber, I'll say, he has every right to just sit on his butt. Um, you know, not take any fights, fight for the belt again because he's lost two very controversial split decisions. Um, but, no, he's up, and he's just taken off the best fighters um, on the card. So so what's your view on this one, buddy? You know, I think this is just a bad matchup. I should say that anybody is a bad matchup when they're put up against Holloway. Um, but Yair, he likes to kind of keep his distance and throw spinning elbows, spinning kicks, um, just kind of pick at you from distance and there is no shot that Holloway lets that fly he's going to be in your face he's going to be striking you he's going to throw little three punch combinations and get out of the way I, he, I, said, he, he said he wants to throw 900 punches this fight oh dude I and I could see that happening is the thing um, just the way it's going to happen is I'm on the same side as you I think Holloway controls the pace controls the fight um Yair gets a lot of this stuff when the pace kind of slows down and the other fighter doesn't have good cardio. Um, that's just not what happens with Max Holloway ever. Um, and Yair is a very good fighter himself. This is not a bash on him. He's just going up against probably, you know, I'm not even going to say probably, the featherweight GOAT. Um, Max has mm-hmm. claimed that title, um, I think, pretty handily. And I completely agree. I think just the overall veteran savvy and the boxing ability of Max is going to be what decides this fight here. Um, And on top of that, Max is a sneaky, decent wrestler. Now, he's not fantastic, but because we always view it in in comparison to his boxing, he's actually good enough on the ground where it wouldn't surprise me if just to, like, last fight when he was like, oh, someone didn't call me the greatest boxer on the UFC roster, let me talk to the judges while I'm boxing him. Um, it wouldn't surprise me at all if DC was on the on the table and he was like, yeah, Max isn't that great of wrestler, so Max just takes him down and works him for a round. Like, that to me would be so completely on par um, with how this fight is going to go. So, uh, like you said, I'm, I'm on your thing. I think there's easily a 10-8 round in here somewhere, especially late, and I think Max. And and the, the one thing about it is neither of them have great knockout power. Um Yair with Stevens went to decision the one time it wasn't with the illegal eye poke and stuff. So I, I think it's I think it's pretty much just a Max Holloway in 25 minutes of absolute disaster for Yair. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you talked about the lack of knockout power. And if you look at Max's last fight, 237 shots to the head on Cater. Didn't knock him out. Yeah. The only way it ends in a finish is if it's a doctor stoppage. I agree. And, and both of these guys are tough. Like, they both have tough chins. The, the featherweight, you, you can't be soft in featherweight. Um, 
And so for me, I'm going to, like, my pick on this fight, I'm going to go Holloway by unanimous decision over on Bovada. That's plus 165. I'm putting three three units on it. Um, that is my second favorite spot of the night. I um, think it's a very, very easy fight for Max. Think uh, think he gets it done pretty easily here. Yeah, I'm riding with that same bet, actually. I, I was personally going to do two two on it, but if you're doing three, I feel like I need to keep up. I feel like that's <laughs> kind of a lock of the night. Yeah. But I think I might be increasing my bet to three units. I, I, I just don't – I don't see – how Yair wins three rounds. We, we uh, know he's not going to win on the scorecard. Exactly. And Max has shown he's not going to get stopped. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Max doesn't get stopped ever. Um, yeah. so I think in his in his last five, they're all decisions. Like, he's just your constant decision type of fighter, and it's never a close decision. So I think that line's a little bit mispriced. Um, you know, you are taking a little bit of risk in case there is a split, which is something that happened with Volk. But I think pretending like Yair is on the same level as Volk is a little bit asinine. For sure. Uh, moving on to the second fight, which you and I are in agreement. There's no reason this is the co-main, but for some terrible, reason this is the co-main. Terrible co-main. There are like four other fights on this card that should be the co-main over this. I completely agree, um, but I'm never going to be mad about my boy Ben Rothwell getting put high up on a card. Um, I love him. He looks like a very angry bear all the time. Um, Super Bowl, which is another, like, just consummate heavyweight staple. Um, I This is my my biggest units of the night are going to be on this fight right here. So I will say this. On the total of the night, I've got six, nine. I've got 14 units out on the night. Um, and six of them are going to be on this fight right here. Um, I've got Ben Rothwell, Moneyline. I'm putting four units on it. I don't like DeLima at all. Um, he's just no part about this game strikes well, suits up well for him. Um, Rothwell being excellent on the feet as well as a BJJ black belt. Um, that just spells disaster for DeLima. Um, and I'm also going to put two units on Rothwell inside the distance. Uh, with Delima's track record of getting put on his ass early and submitted, um, just strikes me as a, a very, very rich opportunity for Rothwell to come out and make a statement for his case of, like, kind of in the Glover to share range of, like, one last charge up the heavyweight rankings. Yeah, so I think this is going to be an ugly fight. You know, I... I hate betting on a 40-year-old to go out and win a fight. There's no reason why I feel like that's a smart thing to do, but DeLima just isn't the guy to get the job done. Um, he, he's going to need to finish Rothwell, and Rothwell hasn't been finished in 12 years now. He lost to Cain Velasquez in 2009 by knockout, and the last time he was submitted was in 2005. Wolf. I'm I'm taking Rothwell money line minus 165 for three units, and Joey mentioned his uh, jujitsu black belt, so I'm going one unit on submission at plus 400. Yeah, I love those. I I, I think that with Delima's track record of submission issues, especially early in fights, like if there's one thing we know about Rothwell, it's that he's going to have good conditioning coming in, even though he's a heavyweight. Like that's why he's been in the UFC for so long. It's literally because he shows up. He's a professional. 
and he does what he has to do. Um, I will say this. I'm not a huge fan of betting old guys. Um, it is one of those things where I do kind of like to fade some of the older people. Glover and Rothwell, for me, as of late, have kind of been in the category of like breaking my rules a little bit just on those on those two specifically. Um, but I'm completely in agreement with you. I think I think Rothwell wins here. This is my biggest fight, uh, my biggest one of the night. I think he gets it done pretty convincingly because um, I think he knows he has to. I think he is he's got one more fight on his contract, so if he can win this convincingly, win his next one convincingly, he can get another two three fight deal and really try and push his way. Um, you know, it, he's not going to be Glover. That doesn't happen. Uh, he's not going to contend for light or like Glover did, but I think he could make a push to be like one of John Jones's first fights at heavyweight, which would be really interesting. My thing with him is if his contract is on, is almost up, he's got to make a statement. And if he wants to keep fighting, like he's getting old, he's going to need to go sign with a big money promotion. So he's going to need to go to Bellator. He's going to get to bare knuckle or, one of the other organizations that is showing that they're paying their fighters a lot more than the UFC is. Yeah. You know, Completely I don't think Dana White's going to splurge and give him a ton of money, but if he can look good in these last two fights, why not go to, like, PFL? Yep. Yeah, nobody splurges on Ben Rothwell. That's just not how that happens. But I do think that the one thing I do want to say about what I do like here is that Rothwell throws a lot more than DeLima. And if Rothwell is going to get DeLima on his back foot, that's not as a heavyweight where you want to be at all. Um, DeLima is not. And especially with Rothwell, Rothwell being a black belt, having his ability on the ground to control the exchange as well. Like nothing about this fight screams that DeLima is in a good spot. I agree. All right, so next fight, Felicia Spencer versus Leah Letson. I'm backing uh, Felicia Spencer. Letson hasn't fought in the UFC in over three years, so she has been inactive for the entire duration of Spencer's UFC career. Like, Spencer was the Invicta champ the last time that Letson fought in the UFC. I don't think she's going to come back as sharp as she once was, and I just think that overall... Spencer is the better fighter, so I'm backing her inside the di- Spencer inside the distance at plus 175 for two units. Um, I've got the exact same read on this. Um, for me, one of the issues that we do have with Letson here is that um, she did just come up through. You know, her last fight was the Ultimate Fighter finale. And then uh, I think she came and did, uh, I think she had a child or maybe two in that time span. And especially with women fighters, um, that is normally something that is a little problematic for them to overcome. And we saw that's why Amanda Nunes had her partner have the child, just because Amanda was a little bit worried about like how it would affect her performance in the ring. Um, I think it's something to note there. And we've also got to talk about Felicia Spencer lost a very strange split decision to Dumont the last time she was out. Um, it was very split. I didn't like that fight at all. And then she lost to Nunez, which, like, everybody loses to Nunez. But, and um, went the distance with Nunez. Yeah, that and that was, you know, we can say how we want. I kind of viewed it as a mercy distance. Like, Nunez destroyed her for three rounds and was like, I don't want to pile drive you like Holloway to, to cater. Um, so that was, that, was, that was back when everybody was saying Nunez doesn't have a gas tank. She's going to gas out by the later rounds, and she wanted to prove people wrong. 
Yeah, and that that just didn't happen. And then you know she, so she loses a unanimous decision to Cyborg, which is always in question just because of Cyborg's past usage with PEDs, and that's why she's not on the roster anymore. Um, but she subbed Anderson the fight before that, and then she beat Farron by KO the fight before that. Both those ending in the first round. Um, I'm on the same train here. I think this is a get-right fight for Felicia Spencer. She comes out, you know, whether it's a head kick, whether it's a sub, I think she just controls the fight. Um, and she's one of those girls that, you know, she might not be in the spot to contend for another title soon in this weight class, but she is um, a big type of money draw, especially for the bigger women. And I, I think, uh, you know, a dominating early ending performance from her right here will will give her a lot of uh, bonus points in Dana White's little uh, notepad. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a pretty easy win for her, but I just can't justify taking somebody minus 310 money line. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you got to look elsewhere for value on her. Yeah, it's a brutal line. And, and you know, like we're saying, her her last two victories have come in, in the first round. So... Uh, if the stats point you there and, you know, you can find it for big plus money, why not take it? For sure. Uh, let's go ahead and kick it over. Now, this is a violence fight. Uh, this would be my pick for uh, Comain, um, but my goodness, there will be violence. It's going to be Baeza versus Williams. Um, my goodness. Like, these boys like to punch things. Um, it's I don't have a bet on it because I'm just terrified of betting against either of these guys, but man, it is going to be awesome. Yeah, I, I think this is guaranteed to win either fight of the night or performance of the night. Yeah. One of these two guys is going to walk away with some type of award for their performance. Um, I don't think there's any way it goes the distance. Um, don't think there's great value on that line, though. And if they stay up, I think Chaos will piece up Baeza. Baeza yeah. doesn't have the best uh, striking defense. He tends to get caught with a couple big shots. And if you get caught by Chaos, you're going to sleep. And it's a non-negotiable snooze fest. Um, that being said, Baeza is much better on the ground. He's a better wrestler. He's got a black belt. He will win the grappling, the wrestling, the submission battle. If he goes out and gets an early takedown, I think he will very easily work his way to a victory, whether that is just ground and pounded out, get a decision, or looking for the submission and getting the finish. For that reason, I'm taking by his submission plus 580 for one unit. Yeah, I mean, that's a, it's a bananas line. Um, it's a I crazy it line. Was... I understand it because of Chaos's knockout power. Kind of scares me. That's why I'm not going any more than one unit on it. Um, but he's good enough with submissions that I think I have to, I have to put something on it. I I completely agree. Um, it you know I think Baez's path to winning, and he is he is. I'm going to say this. He's the better fighter. I'm not going to say he's the better striker or, you know, the more violent of the two, but he is the more put-together fighter. Um, and I think he and his camp should have put together a decent tape that says, hey, our path to win here, we're going to put him on the ground, we're going to, you know, we're going to wrestle him, similar to what Pereira did. 
um, where you know we just get him on the ground, do what needs to be done, and get an ugly win. Um, I think that's very, very plausible, and especially with a guy like Chaos. I know he's gone the distance his last two times, but if I remember correctly, he has had a little bit of a gas tank issue. Um, <laughs> so if we, you know, late third round, someone's tired, taking their back is a lot easier than it was when they're full of energy in the first. Um, plus 580 makes a lot of sense. I personally won't be taking it, but I love that line. This is how Boyd bets. Um, it's it's proven to be profitable long term. We've been betting UFC together for, what, three, four years now. Um, he is the master of the plus 500 uh, bet that always seems to pull through. And when you're getting the lines that high, um, that's all you need. You only need one out of every, you know, four or five. Um, the, the way I see that fight going, Baeza wants to stand up and trade for the first 30 seconds, gets caught by one power punch, and says, oh, shit, that hurt way too badly, and then goes for a takedown. Completely agree. It's going to be one of those where his pride's going to be hurt that he's like, oh, you know, I should stand in trade. And anyone who stands in trade with Chaos Williams, who is very aptly named, lives to regret it. It's not a place where a lot of people thrive. Uh, I think he's been one of the most, I, I don't want to say underrated in the sense of like, he's very aptly rated, but in terms of draw, He's been awesome for them. Any Chaos Williams fight, I'm very, very likely to watch. Um, just to, and, and the other thing here is this will be one of the few fights in Chaos's career where he'll have a uh, reach disadvantage. Um, he's, he's slightly smaller. Now, his arms are a little bit longer, but in terms of just overall size, he'll be a little bit smaller, which I think will be the first time in his career. I also just have to point out that Chaos is a terrifying first name for a person. Like, who Which changed K-2? their name? Like, legally changed their name to Chaos. Uh, he, dude, he's one of those people where he was going to have violence in his life. I don't know if it was, you know, joining the military or becoming a killer or whatnot, but he's he's a violent man. Greg Hardy-like. All right, so next fight on, or the last fight on the main card our boy Song Yadong. Best name in the UFC, baby. <laughs> Sorry, I had to take a second and compose myself. His name cracks me up every time. And nothing makes me happier than when John Hannick or Joe Rogan, he lands a big shot and they just start yelling out Song Yadongs. Oh my God, I'm in tears. Um, but I, I love, I'm just going to call him Song for this so I can get through it. Uh, I love Song. He's super young. He's like 23 years old. He's quick. He's smart. He's got power. Um, both he and I'm not sure how to pronounce the last name. Arce, Arce. Um, they both have great chins. Um, they've got a lot of power. So I don't really know how this one's going to play out. I don't know if their chins are going to hold up to that actual punching power that the other has. Um, but what I do really like about this fight is I see very strong potential that it goes to a decision. And Song has proved time and time again that he is able to squeak out the close victories. He does something that just gets the points on judges' cards, whether it's clinch control, ground control, lands a couple flurries at the end of a round. He just gets the job done. And it might not be the flashiest thing you ever see, but he's very good at what he does. 
completely agree. Song is one of those guys who he just wins. Um, he is, I would say this, one of the most explosive athletes on the U.S. roster, uh, UFC roster. I mean, he's just – he's got – very fast twitch, nice fibers, um, like you were talking about. He does some great technical work. Um, and, you know, it is one of those things, in the, in the rules of the sport, he wins a lot of rounds. Now, it, he might get dominated in the second, um, keep it close in a 10-9, and he does just enough in the other two rounds to win. Sometimes he loses in total strikes, but he still manages to win. Um, he's just a good fighter to have in these situations. Um I like this to go the distance um, as well. I would say it's probably not worth the money at minus 210. Um, but, you know, if that line was just a little bit better, I think it would be a quality spot to, to nab this up. Yeah, this is one of, this is one of the fight, few fights on the card that I'm not going to have any bets out on. Um, just going to sit back and enjoy this one. I think it's going to be a great fight, but don't feel confident enough in putting anything on it yeah completely agree and uh you know with both of their abilities to be explosive athletes i mean just pull up their photos on espn i mean they are both absolutely shredded um good athletic builds and they they should be able to uh put on a nice it'll be these two fights back to back are going to be very very different but both very very good um, this the you know the sixth fight on the card and then the opener to the main card and the second fight with chaos and Baeza are just going in. this that's a nice little three three deep run right there that's going to be really fun for us the viewers to watch. Um, now going to the prelims, uh, you know breaking down every prelim fight is, is a tad ridiculous, but I do have two two fights um, that I think we should take a notice of. The first one for me is going to be Moises versus Alvarez. That's going to be the uh, the first fight off the main card. Um, I love this spot for Alvarez. He's just a little bit longer, a little bit more athletic, and I think with Moises' last fight against Islam Makhachev, which is like that's not a fight that anyone likes. Makhachev is an animal. Um, however, Alvarez is a very long fighter, and he's going to be able to take a lot of good notes off of that Moises, uh, off of uh, that Makhlechev fight against Moises. Be able to see some of those things that Makhlechev was able to exploit. Um, he's also a BJJ black belt. Anytime I can grab a guy like that who's very dominant on the ground for plus 200, you can find me taking it um, because it's just such a big part of scoring in the UFC. So I'm going to go ahead and grab Alvarez plus 210 for one unit. Um, It's my smallest play on the card, um, but I do love it in the sense that I think his skill set poises a distinct threat for Moises. And at 6'3", 155, he's going to be one of the tallest, uh, tallest lightweights out there. And I think it's just a very, very good spot to grab him because he hasn't had one of those great breakthrough fights yet, and this is his chance, and I think he's going to go ahead and take it. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right about that one. I think that's a good underdog play. Um, he's proven to be so good with submissions, and you don't want to engage on the ground with somebody that's that dangerous. Um, you know, Moises is going to be giving up seven inches of a reach advantage, like disadvantage, I, sh- I should say. Um, so much 
so much smaller than Alvarez is. And so he's not going to be able to sit back and just kind of pick at him from distance. He's got to close the distance, get in close, and maybe try to work him on the feet. I don't think that's going to go well for his style. Um, so I think you're right. I think this ends up on the ground, and I think Alvarez can work his magic there and get the job done. It's also one of those tough things where it's like, you know, in boxing, when you're boxing and you don't have the reach, right? Get in tight, work the body. Well, if you do that on a, in the UFC on a guy with a BJJ background, he's just going to jump on you. <laughs> then he yep. does one of those weird submissions. Yep. So, you got a standing guillotine and the blink of an eye, you know? Yeah. And so I think that this fight just really lines up for Alvarez to have a nice performance. Um, he's Spanish, which doesn't have a great, you know, UFC history, like Spanish from the Spain, the country of Spain. Um, but he does have the nickname El Fenomeno, which you're not, if you're bad and you have that nickname, you're just a laughing stock. So I could assume he's good. Um, again, it's only one unit, but think that it's a prime spot to grab a, a massive underdog at a pretty good price. You've convinced me. I'm taking <laughs> one unit plus 750 Alvarez to win by submission. Is that what the submission one is? Yeah. Oh man. Well, that seems nice too. I might, I might, I'm, I might bump and, that down to half a unit actually. I was about to say, I might, I, I, so for all the viewers out there, uh, I am going to put that down to just half a unit. Um, on him submission because that's a ridiculously high line for how I so, think that's such a juicy down. line for something that could very reasonably happen. Yeah. Um, but boy, do you want to kick us off with one of the fights you like next on the undercard? Yeah. So I have little theory. Um, you bet the Georgians. <laughs> I don't think in the last year I've seen a Georgian fighter lose a fight and. I don't think I've seen anybody come close to losing a fight. So I'm taking uh, Liana Jojua as an underdog to beat Casey. She, I think, is plus 210 on the money, money line right now um, and plus 575 submission. Casey's record, 9-9, nine and nine, and she's been very bad about giving up easy takedowns and then letting submission artists go to work on top. She has not proven to be good at getting off of the ground. Um, and Jojua has great submissions. Eight of her six, or six of her eight wins have come from submission. She's super dangerous on the ground. Um, so I'm putting two units on money line, one on submission. I'm on you with the money line one. I completely agree. I, I'm all in on the Georgian theory. Um, when you just come from a tough you know, Slavic country. I feel like you're just better in the UFC than if you were, you know, from the nice posh United States. Um, I'm on you with the Jojo and Moneyline. Um, you know, I my double ups are going to be Ron Rothwell, so I'm just going to leave it the money line, and that's that. Um, but I completely agree. Part of the thing that does irk me with Courtney Casey is that I just that she has this awesome ability to lose fights she should easily win um and then wins fights where she should easily lose in terms of the betting odds of vegas um i think this is one of those easy loss ones she's all the way up at a 265 favorite and there's no reason for that um jojua her main blemish on her record is that doctor stoppage she had uh 
earlier, was it this year or the year before? Um, when she went, 2020, when she fought Miranda Maverick. Um, yeah, so it was just about a year ago. Um, but before that, you know, she's been uh, a very confident fighter her her whole career. And like Boyd was saying, she's a submission artist. Um, I think it is very, very, very probable that in women's MMA especially, a lot of the times better wrestlers prevail. Um, I think that her ability to wrestle, score points with the judges is going to be what's going to put this fight over for her. And I love that plus 210 money line for her. Yeah, and Casey's more stats for you guys. Uh, Casey's takedown defense is somewhere in the 30%. Yeah, I think it's 36. um, Success rate is like 66%. She hunts the takedowns. I think she's going to get it to the ground. If she can't get the fight to the ground, she's going to get pieced up on the feet. She's a lot smaller. Um, So this bet hinges on her being able to get the fight to the ground. Yeah, that that is the one thing is that, you know, I think DC said it best where he was like, well, every fight starts on the feet. Yes, but I, I just... With Casey's takedown defense being so poor, I don't think it stays on the feet very long. Um, it's not, you know, it's not like wrestling. I don't really know the rules of wrestling, but I know there are some points where like a guy starts on the ground and the guy starts behind him. UFC doesn't have that, but you know, I I, I just see this fight going very poorly for Casey, who is you know, it, she's on a two fight skid. Um, she's lost three of her last four. Um, now she did have a split win against Angela Hill, which is pretty nice to have on your resume, but it, I, it, this one just doesn't strike me as a fight where Courtney's going to have any sort of luck here and could easily see her getting subbed pretty early on in the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, I've only got two other bets on this card. Um, first one is the Diakizi Alves fight. Um, I think this one also has potential to be fight of the night, and it's one of the first on the card. Um, Alvarez, super, super um, finish-oriented. He goes out and he hunts for a knockout or a submission from the very start of the fight, Um, but he tends to gas himself. I think with Diakizzi's experience, his technique, um, and just kind of his ability to slow down a fight, he's got some of the most devastating leg kicks I've ever seen. Like, back on Fight Island when there were no crowds, it sounded like a gunshot when this man would kick somebody's leg. Um, so I think he can slow the fight down and draw it out to decision. So I'm backing him decision, not money line, uh, at even odds for two units. I love that play. Um, I completely are on board there with the leg kick. I, I think if he makes it out of the first round, I think it's a cakewalk to a win for him. Completely agree. And 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 the one thing I'll say here is that there are a couple of pretty much unstoppable moves in MMA. Um, and the guys that do it well tend to be world champions. You see it like in uh, – with if you just have supreme wrestling like Khabib, um, you tend to win a lot. Same thing with Islam. Um, and if you have supreme strength, like in Ganu, you tend to win a lot. If you have mastered this front leg kick like Diakizi has, 
your ability to put your opponent on your back foot or switch their stance is something that isn't talked about enough. And I think it is going to be like the next fighter to figure out how to stop the leg kick is going to make a crap ton of money. However, no one's figured out how to stop it yet. And I completely agree with you. Alves is also a guy who's 19 and 10, kind of a journeyman. Um, and I think a leg kick, leg kick issue here is, is very high for him. I love that spot with Diakizi. All right, and my last play for the night uh, is the Nchukwu Jung fight. Another just gun show, fireworks, explosive power. Um, both of these guys, knockout artists, it's what they do best. Um, they have the ability to put you on your ass with a single punch, and they've done it many times. Um, so I'm backing fight doesn't go the distance, it's even uh, for two units. Uh, I will say Nchuku has a five-inch reach advantage. So if he can control the distance and not let Jung get in close, I think he's going to have the ability to piece him up on the feet. If you're interested in looking at the money line odds for either one of those guys. Um, but I, I just don't see a way that this makes it out of three rounds. I completely agree. And one of the things here that is going to be really fun to watch, I'll say, um, is that explosive power. Um, and these are not UFC newbies. Um, and Chukwu has four fights, I think, excluding his Dana White Contender Series performance. Um, Jung is out of the... the uh, what are I, I don't know what they're calling it. Um, I think it's the UFC Performance Center of Asia. But he is... Um, he, fights on a, he fights on South Korean's uh, top team. So he, you know he's going to come into this fight. This is not a guy who's never – I mean, he probably has some of the hardest fights of his career every day in practice. Um, and it's a great weight class to grab that line. Not going the distance at even, at light heavyweight, that's a quality – when neither of them are traditional wrestlers. Um, you know, normally on, a, on one of the first fights of the card, I'd kind of be like, oh, well, I don't know. You know, it could be their first fight in the UFC. If it is their first fight in the UFC, then they'll come out real strong for one round and then lay on each other for another two. But these are both vets. Um, they're not going to do that because they know they're not going to do that. They've also, uh, Dong hasn't lost in, or no, sorry, it's Daun Jung hasn't lost in uh, his last five. He did have a draw in there. Um, and then in Ch- since 2015. Yeah, that's that, that's a good spot to be. He started then, his career one and two, and is now 14 and, and is two. now Jesus. And then in Chukwu's loss came, he got subbed by Paul Craig really late. And Paul Craig is a guy who's it, it, been an absolute animal for the last couple of years in the light heavyweight division. Now he hasn't fought that much recently because of COVID, but. Don't discount Nchukwu because he has one loss against Paul Craig. Like, Paul Craig has been blowing up leaderboards, and if he was an American or a Brazilian, he would have fought three or four times last year, and we'd be talking about him probably contending for a very high-profile type of fight soon. So I completely agree here. This one is certified violence as well. There are two violence fights on this card. Jung Nchukwu is one, and... Uh, Williams Baeza is another. That's the, those two fights are guaranteed violence. Yeah, I think overall this is going to be super fun card. 
I think from start to finish, there's going to be super dangerous fights. Um, I don't think there are going to be a lot of the, we just sit around and feel each other out for the first 10 minutes of the fight. Um, most of these fighters want to get after it. So I think overall, it's going to be one of the more fun cards in the past couple of months. Um, so I'm super excited and I cannot wait to kick your ass. Yeah, that's going to be tough. We're going to come back here next week, and I'm going to be down, you know, eight units to Will because he's hit three of these sub props at plus 800, and I'm going to be crying. But, you know, that is how it is. As long as we both profit, can't be too mad. But, um, yeah, thanks, y'all, for listening. Go ahead and uh, tune in. We're going to have another – I'll have another one out tomorrow or uh, later tonight talking about football bets that I see for the weekend. Um, We have been on a heater as of late. If you want to get every bet we're going to take, go to at Parmesan Picks on Twitter. There you can see, um, got a nice long history of all the bets we've tracked. Profit, we're in this together, just beating the bookies like this podcast is named. So go ahead and check us out there. Um, I'm not going to lie, I might steal a couple of those sub props from Will when it comes time for the actual card, just so I can make some money. Uh, But yeah, so go ahead, give us a follow there. Um, And we will see you back next week for a little recap of this and a look forward to the next UFC card.